You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Well, hey, thank you, Carol. And hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 100, our first ever triple-digit episode number. I've been to eight funerals in the last year or so, two virtually and the rest in person. With those I was closer to, I have questions of them that will now go unanswered because I didn't get to ask them in time. These questions, had they been answered, would have made my relationship with these people deeper and richer. And while we can't do anything more with people who have passed away, we can do something now with our closer relationships before it's too late. So today, we're going to listen in on a conversation I recently had with a longtime friend of mine to give you an idea of how you can have a similar conversation with one of your friends before it's too late. You may even be surprised by the friend I chose for this conversation. The person you are about to hear from is the same person you hear at the beginning of each episode of this podcast, all 100 of them as of today. She is Carol Stewart, my boss and executive producer of You Were Made For This. But more than this, She has been a dear friend to both Janet and me for many years. Our friendship started when the three of us were freshmen in college years ago. Janet first met Carol in a theater class they were taking, and they soon became fast friends and later roommates in their college dorm. And because Janet and I hung around with each other, I became friends with Carol too. Then a few years after the three of us met, Carol met her husband-to-be, Terry, and the four of us have been friends ever since. Carol stood up in our wedding, Janet in theirs. So that's the backstory to today's episode. In planning for today, I purposely didn't plan. I wanted my conversation with Carol to be as free-flowing as possible, so I didn't go into it with a list of questions. But there was just one really important question I wanted to ask, which you will hear about later. After reviewing the recording of our conversation a few days ago, I was surprised to notice how I unconsciously followed the aura principle we've been considering the past few episodes. Do you remember? Observe, remember, ask. O-R-A. The aura principle of deepening our relationships. Today, my conversation with Carol starts with a lot of remembering, the R in aura, remembering, which then leads to asking, A, and then a bit of observing at the end, which leads to even more asking. See if you can pick up on it. It's really a very useful model you can use to deepen your relationships. So let's get into it. Carol was working out of her home the day we recorded this, 
So I called her while I was back at Studio 1A at One Podcast Plaza. So here goes. Hello. Hello, Carol. Hello. How are you today? (laughs) I'm fine. Good, good. Hey, we did it. 100 episodes. That's amazing. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Well, congratulations to you. It wouldn't wouldn't happen without you and your fine leadership. (laughs) And uh, who brought the donuts for the occasion? Well, Rex, our doorman was supposed to, but he forgot. So we're going to have to have a talk with him. Well, I think he should... should, Get donuts for the whole week just oh. because he forgot today. Ah, that's good. That's a good idea. I'll be <laughs> I'll be talking to him. I know you're working at home today, so uh, I, I pre- am. I, I appreciate you um, taking a, taking a few minutes. The the thing that I was thinking about for our our 100th episode is I wanted to do something special, and I thought about talking with you because we have been friends for so long. You're not only my at- boss, but my friend. At least a hundred years, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, you know, my except for Janet, my wife, and my siblings, I have known you the longest of any of my, any of my friends. And this goes back wow. decades and decades. But I was thinking, uh, just recently, I've been to a number of funerals. And in thinking about funerals, there are oftentimes, when someone dies, the people that are left behind often have questions that they wish they would have asked. And I was thinking about my mother, for example, you know, when she passed away, I've, I've just got a number of questions that will go unanswered because I didn't think to ask them of her when she was, when she was still alive. And I thought, I don't want that to happen with, with you and I. So oh, that's I, nice. Yeah. So I do have, a, I do have some questions that I, I really would like to, to talk to you about. And I know our listeners, they wonder about you because you know you're on every every week, and but you're only on in the in the very beginning, and some have even asked asked more about you. So I, I thought it would be helpful you know, for our listeners if I just found out a little bit more about you for my own personal benefit. One okay. thing one thing that that I, that struck me is the unusual connection that you and I had even before we were born, because I recall. When Janet and I were engaged and getting married, and we told her that uh, you were going to be the maid of honor, and we told her your your name, your maiden name at the time, Carol Carol Stark, and mm-hmm. we told her that she was uh, from Sheboygan. And then my mother said, "Oh, I wonder if she's related to Emma Stark." I worked with Emma at the phone company, and sure enough, your mother and my mother worked with each other. Back in the 1940s, even before you and I were born. That's so awesome to think that there was such an early connection, and we were later to find out. Yeah, yeah, it's just incredible. Did did your mother ever say anything about working with my mother? Did she ever? My mother never did. She just, I think, she got along fine with your mother, but uh, never really shared much about it. And I wish I would have asked her. And I wonder if your mother ever said anything. It's not something you would normally talk about, I don't imagine. No, I think she did recognize your mom's name when I brought it up, when I found out from you that your mom worked at the, we called it Ma Bells, right? Right, right. <laughs> and, and she recognized your mom's name. Hmm, hmm. She said she lost track of her, didn't know that she moved. And, yeah. and of course, my mom uh, lived 
to the ripe old age of 97 and passed away just last year. So she was in Sheboygan for that whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where they work together in in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Your mother passed away on our 51st wedding anniversary. And I'll never forget your anniversary again, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a uh, uh, couple of questions. Um, what was the name of that singing group that you were in in college? Uh, for our listeners, Janet and I and Carol went to the same college. Uh, I first met Carol through Janet, my wife. Janet met Carol through a theater class that they were taking. But I know that you were in a singing group that traveled. What, do you remember what the name of that was and where you traveled? Didn't you go to Germany one time? I re- remember the group. I can remember the dress that we all wore, the girls. Mm. Yeah. But I do not remember the name of the group. <laughs> <laughs> the Forget-Me-Nots. I bet that was it, the Forget-Me-Nots. Right. <laughs> it was a bright yellow, bright yellow dress. Huh. And it looked great on... At least two or three of them, but I never wore yellow. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I do remember those dresses. There's a picture in our college annual of that. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, then then I remembered, you know, you, um, well, before I get into what happened after college, uh, tell us how you met Terry, your, your husband. How did you, how did the two of you meet? Actually, he was a freshman trying out for university choir. I was uh, going to be a senior, and I worked for the choral director, who was the university Mm. choir director. Uh And I stayed that summer to take some extra courses so I wouldn't have to uh, do them during the year. Like one was Phi Ed. And if you remember the campus, John, all the Phi Ed was on upper campus, which was about 100 steps up. So I wanted to save myself that run. During the year and the winter, right, the winter months. So I took that and I took a few other courses during the summer. And I was working for the choral director. And I had an office um, next to the choir practice room. Mm-hmm. And I heard this voice, this wonderful tenor voice. Mm. And I thought, who is that? Yeah. Nobody in choir had that voice. Yeah. So I went in and I introduced myself. and. Mm. Um, was Terry, and he was just warming up because he was going to audition for university choir uh-huh. for the coming year when he would be a freshman. Uh huh. Uh huh. So that's how we met. Oh, and him. that's interesting. Of course, all those wonderful tenors who had so much talent got right into choir as a freshman. I had to wait until I was a sophomore to get oh, in. Oh, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. We, and and Terry and I have, of course, the four of us have been friends for for many many years. But um, right, and then when you graduated, I remember you got a job at the local TV station in Eau Claire, WEAU, right? TV, right? And mm-hmm. you were a weather girl, correct? The weather person. I did. I did that for um, about ten weeks on a Sunday night. They needed somebody to fill the gap until I guess they hired somebody full time. Uh huh. And I did that, but I I was uh, a receptionist, and I worked as a secretary for the sales staff and did promotional ads and all kinds of things. I I didn't know you did that. wrote copy and did all kinds of things. Um, Just I was a communications major, a speech major, and I had worked in the um, 
television area. So it was pretty natural for me to take on all those yeah. different roles. Yeah. It was fun. And then the next stop was that uh, TV station in Fargo, correct? Did I get that right? Well, I actually went back to school, finished um, my uh, teaching degree, oh. and took a took a position at high school teaching English for five years. And mm. then I went to Fargo um, to work on a program to do produce a program which we called Noonday, and I co-hosted that program every day on WDAY. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had the the sequence out of order. Then I remember. I do remember you uh, becoming a teacher. How how in the world did you get that job in Fargo? Well, Terry took a position as a director at WDAY, and he found oh. out that um, they were looking for a new host for the noonday program. The person who had been there for a very long time was going to retire. Mm. And he he said to me, you could do that. <laughs> and I had been an English teacher, of course, for five years at a high school. And my prior job at the TV station, I was used to doing that kind of thing, some on-air work, and I did a lot of commercial work. Uh-huh. And, of course, my background in college, I did plays and all yeah. kinds of things, stage performance. Yeah. So I thought, why not give it a try? So I did, and they hired me. Yeah, I, I do remember that. I, in fact, uh, I don't know if you remember, but Janet and I flew up to Fargo, I think it was around Thanksgiving uh, one year. Uh, we, got to, we spent a few days with you, and we, we got to watch you in action on the set. That was, that was <laughs> really fun. That was really fun. And how, how long did you stay there? That was an NBC affiliate, right? Yes, it was an NBC affiliate. Yeah. Uh, I stayed there, I think we were there three, maybe four years before uh, Terry took a new job and then we moved on. Yeah, yeah. And and Terry, as I recall, Terry's dad uh, was uh, running a Christian radio station in northwestern Wisconsin, and he had called Terry to come and be the, the director, correct? Right, the yeah. general manager. Yeah, the general and, manager. Yeah, yeah his, his health was failing, and um, he knew we were in broadcasting, so it was natural to ask us to step in. And Terry had great leadership potential mm -hmm. and was a natural for that position. So he decided to take that, and we both agreed. And by then, we had our firstborn. So yeah. it was nice to get back where there were grandparents close yeah. by. Yeah. How how was that for you leaving that, that TV job? I, that looked like it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was probably more work than, than I would imagine, but uh, that was well, such a Well, it was a, a lot change. of work. It was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun, mm. um, partly because I produced it. So, you know, whatever the producer says you do, you do. So, uh -huh. so that was, it was fun because I could um, make the program into what I thought the viewership numbers and the and the um, things that we read within the media and our profession, what the viewers are, were looking for. So it was fun to be able to put that puzzle together and then to actually be a co-host to design that and be on it. Mm. So that was a lot of fun. It was rigorous and it was great fun because Terry and I worked together. He uh -huh. was the director. He would go out sometimes on shoots that w we would do um, away from the station. And we traveled a little bit in the area 
but uh, sometimes he would be back at the station because he also wasn't in charge of some of the news program um, directing. Yeah, yeah. So he was, we worked together. That was the best. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the best of everything for the company because you, t- you talk endlessly about things you could do and things you would do differently. So mm-hmm. they got more bang for their buck that way. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. And and now I I don't think our listeners know, but but your your involvement here as as uh, executive producer of you were made for this is really just a part time uh, gig for you. That your full time right. job is working with the with your husband Terry at a Christian radio station in o- in Eau Claire Chippewa Falls. Um, right, he he is the general manager of uh, the radio stations. And um, I work with the nonprofit portion of the radio station mm-hmm. and write newsletters and do fundraisers and another fun job for me. Read a lot of books, mm. uh, watch videos and listen to CDs. Now, doesn't that sound like a tough job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah. I meet a lot of wonderful listeners and mm-hmm. I really enjoy talking to them and the various events that we have or call them on the phone or email. I just meet a lot of wonderful, wonderful listeners. Yeah. I was going to ask you what you like about, about the job, but that sounds, that sounds really, really, really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think they're responsive to um, feeling a part of the family of the radio. And we, our slogan is we are family. Mm -hmm. We really are as believers. We really support each other. We, they send in prayer requests. We pray as a staff every week oh. and over prayer requests that are sent to us. Um, we make calls, different ones. They call in. We pray with them. Yeah. Uh, we do our best to connect with our family. Mm-hmm. And that is really meaningful to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Speak, speaking of that, uh, you know, we get your newsletter and, and I still listen to uh, your station, WWIB, uh, occasionally online. And uh, just just recently in your newsletter, uh, I think it was Rod Larson of your staff was talking about the, the death of Steve from your staff. Could you tell a little bit about him and what he did? And it sounds like it really impacted everybody. Steve was uh, a single man for most of his life. He had um, um, marriage along the way that didn't work out, but he remained single and just served the Lord with all of his heart. Mm. And I think um, in his passing, we've come to know even more how much he served the Lord. At his funeral, which was uh, early February, uh, they spoke of him they came from all over and said, Oh, after he'd hang up on ads by air on Saturday, he was our Saturday man on WWIB for 41 years. Wow. And they, he'd call me back and he'd chat with me and then he'd pray with me. Hmm. And then another person said, my grandson will miss him so much. He's only seven, but he wouldn't miss hearing from Steve. Because he would call after I'd call in an ad for Ads by Air on Saturday, Mm -hmm. which is a buy and sell program. And he'd call and talk to my grandson. Wow. And we just heard so many wonderful stories of um, how he touched so many lives of our listeners. And he got involved in their lives. Mm. We had one recently 
who has been incarcerated in the Stanley prison in the area here. Mm-hmm. And he would write Steve quite frequently and call and Steve would pray with him about his concerns. But mm. we, we found that Steve was a man of his word. I think of a phrase that came to my mind is he was 41 years part-time with WWIB, but 66 years with the Lord. Oh, wow. He was a hundred percent and yeah. just a funny guy. He had a wry sense of humor. You'd come in on a Saturday and drop by and say hi and pick something up or do a little work. And he'd always have some funny things to say. Mm-hmm. And he just um, met the needs of a lot of people in our listening family and those around his area church. He, he sang, he played keyboard just beautifully mm. and um, sang in a group for six years. Um, and they traveled, but he led worship for his church and many other churches. There was oh. a new church that started and the pastor stood up at the funeral and said, for the last several years, Steve came with me on Sunday nights. Hmm. So, wow. He was very busy serving the Lord. And uh-huh. uh, it was an apt eulogy that Rod Larson yeah. uh, had for him because he remembered him in so many special ways, some which made us all laugh because we knew him. Mm-hmm. And others where we knew that there's going to be big shoots to fill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sounds like a wonderful man. You know, I've, I've heard him just a couple of times when we were up visiting with you. And, uh, you know, we don't have any programs like that down down here in, in the Milwaukee area, but it was just really kind of fun hearing people calling in, wanting to sell something, and how he kind of navigated that. Uh, but I didn't know anything about the backstory here that you're, that you're sharing about his uh, relationship with Jesus and his relationship with your listeners. Um, mm-hmm. Just sounds like a w- wonderful man. Well, another question I have is, well, unfortunately, we are running out of time today. We will have to wait until next week in episode 101 to hear the only question I prepared ahead of time and then Carol's answer. For now, though, here's what I took away from my spontaneous conversation with Carol so far. I was surprised when I asked Carol if her mother ever said anything about my mom. I didn't realize how the unanswered questions about her, about my mother, still affect me. I really wish I knew more about her. Hmm. And I had not thought about it until just recently, the fact that Carol's mother and my mother knew each other and worked together years before both of us were born. That is an unusual point of connection between the two of us. I don't quite know what to make of it, except that God created this connection, and I bet he's smiling over it. And then there's the fact that Carol's mom died on Janet's and my wedding anniversary. Well, that's another connection. Hmm. Another thing I noticed in our conversation is that what seemed like meaningless trivia questions I asked really did connect us with our shared past the question about the name of the singing group Carol was in in college, and then the yellow dress we both remembered. And it truly reminded me how laughter is a great way to connect with friends. Then there were the jobs that she had and what Carol enjoyed about them. 
it showed what a positive person Carol is, which is something that continues to draw Janet and me to her after all these years. I realize I need to be a little bit more like Carol myself. Our talk so far also raised more questions in my mind to ask later. Good questions do that, you know. They're like appetizers served up for future dialogue. I wonder more now about the three to four years that Carol spent in Fargo working with her husband Terry on that noonday TV show. I know that could have been just the start for both of them in the TV business. They won't admit it, but they gave up a promising career, both of them, to help Terry's dad and the vision he had for Christian radio way back in the 1970s. It was a sacrifice, though they never talk about it in those terms. Finally, there was a mention of Steve, their radio station employee who died recently. I had talked with Terry about him a few weeks ago, and they wrote about Steve in their monthly newsletter, and now Carol talked about him today. I could tell it was a deep loss for those that knew him. What a wonderful life Steve lived to have had such a significant impact on people. I didn't know him at all, but he was a good example of a life well lived. I hope the same will be true of me when I'm gone. And so we started talking about when people die at the top of today's show, and we're ending with the same topic here now. But there's more. For I wonder what all we've been talking about today means for you. How can you use what you've heard today to improve the relationships in your life? Well, here are a few ideas. It seems to me that God puts people into our lives for very specific reasons. Reasons sometimes known only to Him. The closer we get to people and the deeper we get to know them, the greater appreciation we develop for God's love in blessing us with those who fill our life with joy. And it raises a question, who are the people you sense God could possibly have put in your life to bring you joy, if you only knew them better? Finally, when your time on earth comes to an end, what will people say about you? You know, it's not too late to begin having a positive impact on the lives of others. If you forget everything else, here's the one thing I hope you remember from today's episode. Before it's too late, have a conversation with people close to you, where you start with remembering shared experiences, asking questions about them, and observing what's going on with them in the present. I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. Just send them to me in an email to john at caringforothers.org. I may share them in a future episode, unless you say otherwise. You can also share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes. In closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy that God intends for you through your relationships. 
because after all, you were made for this. Well, that's all for today. I look forward to connecting with you again next week when we finish my conversation with Carol and when I get to ask the only question I prepared ahead of time. Her answer led us down a most interesting path that I'm really eager to share with you. So, until next week, goodbye for now.